Welcome to the Cattle Call Podcast. Today we are studying another feedlot research, but before we get started, let me go ahead and call Brooke Latek. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, we are, don't have cattle anymore in the feedlot, so just enjoying the time of catching up with everything, right? Yeah, it's definitely time to get a lot of the other work done that we've been putting off, so. That's true. So we are getting towards to the end of the year. Uh, today we have our last uh, feedlot research call. We've, we've talked about the last, the past three months about using hormone implants, and that's what we have this month again. Can you just go ahead and tell us what is the research paper that we will be talking about today? Who are the authors and where it and, and how it was conducted? Sure. So uh, the paper we're going to talk about today is titled Influences of Implant Hormone Strategy on Growth Performance of Calf-Fed Holstein Steers Fed in Excess of 300 Days. Um, and the the author for this one is you, Pedro. Um, so this is work that we've done. Uh, so we know this one pretty well. Um, and this one was published just this year. Yeah, that's true. That was actually my first research paper here from, from UC Davis. So can you just mention what are the treatments and how many animals was used and for how long cattle were on feed? Um, so this was uh, done with 192 Holstein steers, and the calves were blocked by weight and sorted into 32 pens, uh, which is six steers per pen. Um, an important note for this study was that all of the calves were fed the same diet, no matter what treatment they were on. Um, and so initially for the first 112 days, they were on a diet that had 16% crude protein to meet their metabolizable amino acid requirements. And then the remainder of the trial, they were fed just a conventional finishing diet with 14% crew protein, but everyone got the same diet. Um, and so uh, with this study, we had four treatments and it's important to note here that we did not have a negative control for this implant study. Um, so all four treatments had implants. So I'll just kind of go through briefly what those treatments were and we'll kind of talk about the importance of them once we get to the results. Uh, but the first treatment uh, on day one, calves were implanted with Synovex-1. And that has a payout period of about 200 days. So that's kind of important to note here. So they got Synovex-1 on day one and then were re-implanted with Synovex-1 on day 168. Mm -hmm. Treatment two also got Synovex-1 on day one, but they were re-implanted with Synovex plus on day 224. The third treatment got Synovex-C on day one and were re-implanted with Encore on day 112. Um, and an important note is that Encore has a 400-day payout period. And then the final treatment got Synovex-C on day one, and then were re-implanted with Synovex-1 on day 112. Okay. So just to remember one thing here, all of the animals got similar diet. Uh, all of the animals were implanted on day one. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, half of them were Synovex one. The other half was Synovex C. Yeah. Okay. And then what? What we are actually so we are using two different programs at the beginning, but then yes. we're going to split them out into four different because the when we implant them, each group is going to receive a different implant. 
which mm-hmm. are another dose of Sinovac one, mm-hmm. uh, Sinovac Plus, Encore, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Sinovac one again on the last group. Yep, exactly. Perfect. And then it is also changing the days, right? So the first group is were was reimplanted on day one sixty eight. Yep. The second two twenty four. Yep. And the third group, when was that again? That was 112, and so was the fourth group on day 112. Perfect, perfect. So the two groups that received the Sinovac C at the beginning were reimplanted on day 112. Right. Correct. Perfect, perfect. Because that Sinovac 1 has an extended uh, release uh, hormone. Is that correct? Exactly. So all of these days kind of line up with the payout periods for each of those. So the Sinovac C is going to be a little bit shorter than the Sinovac 1. Okay, perfect. That's that's an important cl- clarification. I know it's a lot of information, mm-hmm. uh, but for our listeners, if they want to see that, we have that in our newsletter and also we can uh, share the research paper with them as well. Okay, so just so now we are clear. Another import, important thing, Brooke, that I think is in this uh, research was the time of the year, right? Yeah, so this um, went through the summer period and some of the implants were done right before the hottest part of the summer happened. So, and we'll discuss that a little more in the results, but it did have an impact. Perfect. So yeah, traditionally we do our research from January through December. This was actually from uh, the fall, we started early fall and then it Mm -hmm. finished over the summer, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Perfect. Just because we're talking about that, can you just move on and, and tell us what happened with those four different implant strategies? Sure. So one of the things we saw uh, with the initial implant of Sinovex 1 um, is that those animals implanted with Sinovex 1 initially had a greater average daily gain feed efficiency and estimated net energy um, for gain than those receiving the initial implant of Sinovac C. So that was a big thing we saw um, initially. Um, But then after that, we didn't see it after um, once we re-implanted, we didn't see those differences. Mm -hmm. Um, So then moving on, when we're looking um, from day 112 to 224, Um, which we'll remember that on day 112, animals that got Sinovac C initially got re-implanted. And so from the period of 112 after they were re-implanted to 224, the animals treated with Sinovac C initially and Sinovac 1 for the terminal implant had a greater average daily gain than those with the Sinovex uh, C initial implant and Encore uh, terminal implant, though the differences were not uh, appreciable for the final 111 days. Perfect. So if I start with Sinovex C, reimplanting with Sinovex 1 was better than reimplanted with Encore. Right, just from day 112 to 224, but from day 224 until we finished those cattle, we did not see a difference. The Encore group was able to catch up the, the other exactly. group. Perfect. Exactly. Perfect. So then um, then we're going to look at then the animals that were initially implanted with Sinovex 1. So compare those two. Um, mm-hmm. So the animals initially implanted with Sinovex 1 and then with a terminal implant of Sinovex 1 
had greater average daily gain in dry matter intake than cattle that got the initial implant of Cinovex 1 and a final implant of Cinovex Plus uh, from day, again, from day 112 to 224. Um, but they decreased in feed efficiency and estimated net energy for gain during the final 111-day period compared to those getting the final Synovex Plus treat, or treatment. Okay, so the S1, S1 group had greater up-to-date 224. Yeah. And, and if you remember, they were re-implanted on day 168, right? Right, exactly. And the Synovex Plus that got the Synovex 1 initially – they were re-implanted on 224. So they were implanted be after the um, Synovex mm -hmm. 1 terminal. Okay, perfect. Okay, what about overall performance among the groups? So overall, um, there wasn't any real difference uh, among the groups. Mm -hmm. um, we saw that using long-acting implants to minimize implanting later in the growing finishing period didn't improve performance, but it wasn't, it also was not worse than um, the short acting uh, implants. Perfect. Uh, was there anything on carcass characters that we didn't mention? I think they were all same as well, right? All of carcass Yeah, I think, I think we didn't see any difference in carcass characteristics or performance overall over the entire feeding period for any of the strategies. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of showed us that the long impact or the long acting implants didn't have a negative effect, um, but they were also not necessarily statistically better than the short acting. Um, but using, we did see that using a non-coded implant, so um, a shorter duration implant during the late finishing phase, um, did increase overall estimated net energy for gain and feed efficiency. Okay. So we so did see those overall. Which is interesting. Those animals that got the last implant later, mm -hmm. uh, and and we say when we say later, they they had 112 days on feed after being right. implanted. Okay, so when they got the the implant later, they had greater performance and greater net energy values uh, based right. on on performance. Right. That's exactly. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, was there anything else that you 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 started mentioning about the the time of the year? Uh, what is important to mention in this project in regards of the time of the year? So uh, what we saw was that we might not have gotten the greatest response to these implants because they were hit so heavy with that extreme heat late in the finishing period. Um, and so at that point, at that weight, um, it, it was just hard for the implants to give the greatest benefit that we expected because of that heat. Yeah, that's very important. One thing that we, we ended up in concluding is that if we are going to reimplant those animals, uh, perhaps it's, it, it is better to, to not reimplant them right before the summer comes, right? We know that when the animals are uh, in a, the stress of the heat that we have in the valley, they stop eating, not they, they, they eat less. So because they're eating less, they're actually having less fuel to supply this potential growth that we, we the ex, this extra potential growth that we give with the implants, right? So right. It's, it, it's important to think when we are thinking about reimplanting, uh, to think about what time of the year we are doing that to not, so we can take the greatest advantage of the implant 
uh, of this technology uh, that we have available. We've talked a lot about, again, you mentioned that there is no uh, negative control in this experiment, but we've touched on that on the last three episodes. We've seen greatest performance uh, when we have an implanted versus non-implanted group that's been well-proved. We know this technology works. We want to take the best advantage of the technology. Uh, and we have to think about, we know that sometimes we can't wait to, re to implant or reimplant our cattle, but just keep in mind that maybe we are not taking the best advantage of the technology if we are implanting them right before uh, the heat, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yes, perfect group. Is there anything else that we no, have to... No, that basically covered this one um, pretty straightforward as far as what we found for that. Perfect. That's great, Brooke. So that's been a great experience. We are looking forward for the next topic that we, we are going to, to choose to talk about next year. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and if you guys are listening to our uh, podcast and want to receive this research, just send an email to, with the title Feedlot Research and the number of the episode and then we are going to send the, the research paper to you. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to see the summary of this paper as well. And please let us know if you have any questions. Our email is kettlecallucd at gmail.com. Subscribe again to the newsletter is in the description of this, this episode. And remember, it's always a good time for a kettle call.